Part One of A Guide to the Lakes by Thomas West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Guide to the Lakes, dedicated to the lovers of landscape studies and to all who have visited or intend to visit the lakes in Cumberland, Westmoreland, and Lancashire by the author of the antiquities of furness quis non malarum quas amor curas habet hec inter obliviscitur london printed for richardson and urquhart under the royal exchange and w pennington kendall seventeen seventy eight since persons of genius taste and observation began to make the tour of their own country and give such pleasing accounts of the natural history and improving state of the northern parts of the british empire the curious of all ranks have caught the spirit of visiting the same the taste for landscape as well as for the other objects of the noble arts cherished under the protection of the greatest of kings and best of men in which the genius of britain rivals ancient greece and rome induce many to visit the lakes of cumberland westmoreland and lancashire there to contemplate in alpine scenery finished in nature's highest tints what refined art labours to imitate the pastoral and rural landscape varied in all the styles the soft the rude the romantic and sublime combinations not found elsewhere assembled within so small a tract of country another inducement to making the tour of the lakes is the goodness of the roads much improved since mr gray made his tour in seventeen sixty five and mr pennant his in seventeen seventy two the gentlemen of these counties have set a precedent worthy of imitation in the politest parts of the kingdom by opening at private expense carriage roads for the ease and safety of such as visit the country and the public roads are properly attended to if the entertainment be plain it is accompanied with a propriety of neatness attention and easy charge when the roads are more frequented the inns may become more elegantly furnished and expensive but the entertainments must remain the same as the viands at present are not excelled in any other quarter of the empire the design of the following sheets is to encourage the taste of visiting the lakes by furnishing the traveller with a guide and for that purpose are here collected and laid before him all the select stations and points of view noticed by those who have made the tour of the lakes verified by repeated observations with remarks on the principal objects as they appear viewed from different stations with such incidents as will greatly facilitate and much heighten the pleasure of the tour and relieve the traveller from the burthen of dull and tedious information on the road or at the inn that frequently embarrasses and often misguides the local knowledge here communicated will not affect much less prevent the agreeable surprise that attends the first sight of scenes that surpass all description and of objects which affect the mind of the spectator only in the highest degree such as wish to unbend the mind from anxious cares or fatiguing studies will meet with agreeable relaxation in making the tour of the lakes something new will open itself at the turn of every mountain and a succession of ideas will be supported by a perpetual change of objects and a display of scenes behind scenes in endless perspective 
the contemplative traveller will be charmed with the sight of the sweet retreats that he will observe in these enchanting regions of calm repose and the fanciful may figuratively review the hurry and bustle of busy life in all its gradations in the variety of unshaded rills that hang on the mountain sides and the hasty brooks that warble through the dell or the mighty torrents precipitating themselves at once with thundering noise from tremendous rocky heights all pursuing one general end their increase in the vale and their union in the ocean such as spend their lives in cities and their time in crowds will here meet with objects that will enlarge the mind by contemplation and raise it from nature to nature's first cause whoever takes a walk into these scenes must return penetrated with a sense of the creator's power in heaping mountains upon mountains and enthroning rocks upon rocks and such exhibitions of sublime and beautiful objects cannot but excite at once both rapture and reverence when exercise and change of air are recommended for health the convalescent will find the latter here in the purest state and the former will be the concomitant of the tour the many hills and mountains of various heights separated by narrow vales through which the air is agitated and hurried on by a multiplicity of brooks and mountain torrents keep it in constant circulation which is known to add much to its purity the water is also as pure as the air and on that account recommends itself to the valetudinarian as there are few people in easy circumstances but may find a motive for visiting this extraordinary region so more especially those who intend to make the continental tour should begin here as it will give in miniature an idea of what they are to meet with there in traversing the alps and apennines to which our northern mountains are not inferior in beauty of line or variety of summit number of lakes and transparency of water not in colouring of rock or softness of turf but in height and extent only the mountains here are all accessible to the summit and furnish prospects no less surprising with more variety than the alps themselves the tops of the highest alps are inaccessible being covered with everlasting snow which commencing at regular heights above the cultivated tracks or wooded and verdant sides form the highest contrast in nature with all the variety of climate in one view to this we oppose the sight of the ocean from the summit of all the higher mountains intersected with promontories interrupted with islands and animated with navigation which adds greatly to the beauty and variety of the grand views those who have traversed the alps who have visited the lake of geneva and viewed mount blanc the highest of the glaciers from the valley of the chamonix in savoy may still find entertainment in this home tour where nature on a reduced scale has performed wonders in the epitome of her greater works the analogy of mountainous countries and their difference furnishes the observant traveller with amusement and the travelled visitor of the cumbrian lakes and mountains will not be disappointed in this particular this guide will also be of use to the artist in his choice of station by pointing out the principal objects in a country that abounds in landscape studies with such variety of scenery yet it is not presumed dogmatically to direct but only to suggest hints that may be improved adopted or rejected 
the late mr gray was a great judge of perspective yet whoever makes choice of his station at the three mile stone from lancaster will fail in taking one of the finest afternoon rural landscapes in england the station he points out is a quarter of a mile too low and somewhat too much to the left the more advantageous station as i apprehend is on the south side of the great or queen's road a little higher than where mr gray stood for there the vale is in full display with a longer reach of the river and the wheel of the loon formed by a high-crowned isthmus fringed with tall trees that in times past was the solitary site of a hermit a few trees by the owner preserved on purpose conceal the nakedness of caton moor on the right and render the view complete by company from the south the lakes may be visited beginning with hawswater and ending with coniston or thurston water or vice versa mr gray began his tour with oldswater but did not visit all the lakes mr pennant proceeded from coniston water to windermere etc but omitted ulls and hawswater mr gray was too late in the season for enjoying the beauties of prospect and rural landscape in a mountainous country for in october the dews lie long on the grass in the morning and the clouds descend soon in the evening and conceal the mountains mr pennant was too early in the spring when the mountains were mantled with snow and the dells were darkened with impenetrable mist hence his gloomy description of the beautiful and romantic vale of st john in his journey from ambleside to keswick flora displays few of her charms early in may in a country that has been chilled by seven winter months the best season for visiting the lakes to advantage is from the first of june to the end of august during these months the mountains are decked in all the trim of summer vegetation and the woods and trees which hang on the mountain sides and adorn the banks of the lakes are robed in the variety of foliage and summer blooms in august nature has given her highest tints to all her colours on the enamelled plain and borders of the lakes the striking contrast of the rugged cliff the broken ridge the overhanging rock the rent conic summit and brown vegetation of the mountain sides with the beautiful hanging enclosures of finest verdure and at their feet stretched out the smooth surface of the lake are seen in high perfection there are also the months favourable to botanic studies the rare plants are then to be found such as delight in alpine heights or such as are only found in ever-shaded dells or gloomy vales the author of the six months tour visited the lakes in the fine season and saw them all except coniston and esthwaite both lancashire lakes which are on the western side and lie parallel to windermere nothing but want of information could have prevented that curious traveller from visiting the whole range of the lakes which had he done and described their scenery with that accuracy and glow of colour as he has done the lakes of keswick windermere etc a copy of that would have been a sufficient guide to all who made the same tour the author of the excursion to the lakes in westmoreland and cumberland takes no notice of the lancashire lakes his principal objects are ulswater and the lake of keswick whose beauties he describes with much elegance and profusion of style interspersed with not a few political and moral reflections but at windermere 
he vilifies and decries the noble characteristic scenery of the finest lake in england of the island so called by way of pre-eminence he is pleased to declaim thus upward on the lake we looked on a large island of about thirty acres of meagre pasture ground in an irregular oblong figure here and there some misshapen oak trees bend their crooked branches on the sandy brinks and one little grove of sycamores shelter a cottage the few natural beauties of this island are wounded and distorted by some ugly rows of firs set in right lines and then proceeds in an ungenteel manner to abuse the owner for want of taste in laying it out in gardens and pleasure-ground to suit a house he then proposed and has since built upon it this author however before he takes leave of the lake does it the honour of giving it one of the first landscape painters of his time claude lorraine and his genius mr smith to pencil forth the rich variety of windermere messrs young and pennant speak of windermere in very different strains the first thinks the island the sweetest spot and full of the greatest capabilities of any thirty acres of land in the king's dominions and mr pennant is pleased to say this delicious isle is blessed with a rich pasturage is adorned with a pretty grove and has on it a good house those gentlemen were upon the island and the author of the excursion was not and the excursion itself for the reasons already assigned is not a complete guide to the lakes the course of visiting the lakes from penrith is by bampton to horsewater and from thence to ulswater and return to penrith set out for keswick seventeen miles good road having seen the wonders of keswick and the environs depart for ambleside seventeen miles excellent mountain road and affords much entertainment from ambleside ride along the side of windermere five miles to bowness and having explored the lake either return to ambleside and from thence to hawkshead five miles or cross windermere at the horse ferry to hawkshead four miles the road part of the way is along the beautiful banks of Esswaite water from hawkshead the road is along the skirts of the furness apennines to the head of coniston or thurston water three miles good road the lake stretches from the feet of coniston fells to the south six miles the road is on the eastern side along its banks to lowick bridge from thence to ulverston by penny bridge six miles or by lowick hall good carriage road everywhere from ulverston by dalton to the ruins of furness abbey six miles return to ulverston from thence to kendal twenty one miles or to lancaster over the sands twenty miles this order of making the tour of the lakes is the most convenient for company coming from the north or over stainmore but for such company as come to lancaster it will be more convenient to begin the visit with coniston lake by this course the lakes lie in an order more pleasing to the eye and grateful to the imagination the change of scenes is from what is pleasing to what is surprising from the delicate and elegant touches of claude to the noble scenes of poussin and from these to the stupendous romantic ideas of salvator rosa this guide shall therefore take up the company at lancaster and attend them in the tour to all the lakes pointing out what only can be described the permanent features 
the vales the dells the groves the hanging woods the scattered cots the steep mountains the impending cliff the broken ridge etc the accidental beauties depend upon a variety of incidents from light and shade the air the winds the clouds the situation with respect to objects and the time of day for though the ruling tints be permanent the green and gold of the meadow and vale and the brown and purple of the mountain the silver grey of the rock and the azure hue of the cloud-topped peak they are frequently varied by an intermixture of reflection from wandering clouds or other bodies or a sudden stream of sunshine that harmonises all the parts anew the pleasure arising from such scenes is personal and best understood when received to render the tour more agreeable the company should be provided with a telescope for viewing the fronts and summits of the inaccessible rocks and the distant country from the tops of the high mountains skiddaw and helvellyn the landscape mirror will also furnish much amusement among the mountains where the objects are great and near it removes them to a due distance and shows them in the soft colours of nature and most regular perspective the eye can perceive art teach or science demonstrate the mirror is of greatest use in sunshine and the person using it ought always to turn his back to the object that he views it should also be suspended by the upper part of the case that it may hang perpendicular to the reflected object and the face be thereby screened from the sun the landscape will then be seen in the glass by holding it a little to the right or left as the position of the parts to be viewed require a glass of four inches or four inches and half diameter is a size though the object be near that will admit a field large enough for the eye to take in at one sweep the mirror is a plain convex glass and should be the segment of a large circle otherwise distant and small objects are not perceived in it but if the glass be too flat the perspective view of great and near objects is less pleasing by representing them too near these inconveniences may be provided against by two glasses of different convexity the glass with the black foil answers well in sunshine but on cloudy and gloomy days the silver foil answers better whoever uses spectacles upon other occasions must use them in viewing landscapes in the glass end of part one